And we're back. MKD Podcast. I have a special episode for you. We will be having a guest joining us, an artist that can be found there on Rare Toshi. Alex Creates is his name, his handle there on Twitter. We're going to get into everything, folks. So stay tuned. But before we begin, a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. If this is your first time here, wherever you may find this podcast, be sure to give us a like, a share, a subscribe. We've got a lot going on, folks. We're ramping back up with the brand new season. If you've missed the first episode, be sure to go back and check it out. Um, I kind of reintroduce myself and I'll be doing that a little bit more as we continue on with the season. But today, as promised, I have a special guest. Alex Creates from Twitter. Alex, how are you doing? Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Can you hear me? Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely, Alex. I've been wanting to do this for some time. I know I reached out to you some time ago and we're finally getting things going. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Alex, uh, before we get started, let me ask, uh, how's the weather there today? Oh, it's the worst weather. So, (laughs) yeah, I live in England. And typically in February, it's dreadful. It's just overcast, um, gray, and damp. <laughs> it's not great. You know, here in uh, in Phoenix, I live in the desert, and we had a really, really good rain this morning. So the weather's much different than it normally is. I think we have about uh, upwards of 300 days of sun a year here. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's normally sunny every day. That's amazing. I've seen um, very nice Arizonian gardens on Instagram with all the cactus. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. That's absolutely a staple for for the desert area here. It's kind of unique in America because there's not much of a desert outside of that. But, you know, you've got that variety here. You can find the lush forest, you know, all the way down to, you know, the the desert here where I live. So it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I definitely have no complaints. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah so okay alex uh let's go ahead and get into it um can you start with alex uh, just so my my listening audience can get familiar with you uh tell us your bitcoin story you know how did you get into bitcoin walk us through that and then of course specifically i'm very curious why uh alex did you choose to do your art on rare toshi Ooh, very good questions yeah so i started with bitcoin probably around 2017 um but i didn't really interact with it or you know get into it until probably seriously in 2020 so i knew about it um from friends at work and all this stuff um at 2017 and um we start discussion on it but i didn't really re- react or interface with it in any way so um i you know i bought a little bit then but it's only till i think 2020 when there was more sort of twitter spaces opening up and twitter more twitter discussions going around so um that i really jumped on board and just started to learn lots more so 
um i just found it interesting really from like the twitter community um and then um learning more and more from yeah 2020 onwards um and i was just on twitter spaces learning and i was just thinking how i could you know create artwork because that's something i do um i design and create art i just wanted to do something towards with um, bitcoin so i asked around and um, retoshi came up um because my question was um how can i create artwork how can how can it be useful how can you know it be used um, within the Bitcoin community. So Rotosha was a, a really good find. Um, someone mentioned um, Liquid um, and Blockstream and the layer two um, that can be built on top of Bitcoin. Um, and I thought it, you know, Rotosha is a really easy way to create um, and upload art um, and then just get um, that sort of community vibe around it so people can you know collect or um, trade um and support really uh and i think it was just hearsay basically um and you know that community that just got me into it really so i i naturally found that um my story isn't of um great um sort of significance but i just slowly sort of found my way to it really so yeah, that's my story, and I think Retoshi is one of those platforms which is uh, really nice to use, easy um, from a, a commercial perspective as well. So just um, uploading artwork or even buying artwork using Liquid Bitcoin is fairly straightforward compared to most. So that's why I chose to go with Retoshi. I think um, there's there's a few other platforms and marketing um, websites marketplace websites but i find them like very technically difficult but um yeah um i, I find that rotation rotoshi is um at the very beginning of um distributing art and i think it's a nice place it feels like the start of um bitcoin when that started really um a slow um it's slow but it's gathering a lot of momentum with people being on it and um yeah that's that is my answer for that question. Sure, sure. Let me uh, let me ask a follow up, uh, Alex, concerning this. Was it just an anonymous pleb that kind of gave you the idea uh, to join Rare Toshi, or was it someone um, that you know that's you know a little bit more significant? Maybe someone you know in person, or someone that uh, it has a lot of influence on Bitcoin Twitter. Do you recall yeah, the person? That, um, it was so. It was uh, a guy called Yellow who masquerades as a yellow puppet on Twitter, <laughs> on Bitcoin Twitter. Um, I think he's quite—he's fairly well known. I think he's a—he's a Greek guy, so he's got a Greek accent and he's very funny, very funny, humorous. Doesn't take it too seriously, but he's very uh, um, knowledgeable. Uh, and he directed <laughs> me to yeah, Roto- Rotoshi because um, I, I was struggling to find it. Yeah, a platform like it, but he was very good. You know, uh, yellow is uh, is the banana bread. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I know yellow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, re- I recall, actually, I, I um, came across yellow. I want to say during the summertime of last year, he was having these Twitter spaces and it was uh, he would just play a song. 
and yeah. uh, then he would just kind of cut it off from there. But it was uh, it was something that would happen. It was in the middle of my day. It would happen around noon. And uh, it was just a good place to kind of hang out <laughs> for a few minutes. I think it was playing Never Stop Believing, the song. Um, That's right. People playing it until Bitcoin hit a certain uh, price. That's right. That's right. You know, I tell folks all the time with each of my episodes to be following me on Twitter. Um, if they're not plugged into Bitcoin Twitter, I feel like they're really, really missing out. So I try to give people an opportunity to kind of peer into that space by just kind of curating some of the stuff that I see out there that kind of interests me. So I'm right there with you. Uh, Bitcoin Twitter has had a lot of influence on me and my story and kind of the way that I've been guided in the space as well. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely, so absolutely. That can break it down on Bitcoin Twitter as well, really simply. So it's a good way oh, to yes. Oh yes, oh yes. Okay, Alex, uh, let's go ahead and move forward. So. I have been following uh, your creations there on Rare Toshi, and I'm blown away. Um, I've seen, Alex, that you've, you know, you've had multiple different, uh, I guess we can say different series um, with different kind of themes behind them. And I noticed that uh, as of right now, you're in the midst of a, of a project called uh, BitRunner. Can you bring my, my listening audience up to speed if they're not aware? How would you describe what, you, what you've been doing? Great, so I've been creating artwork um, and this uh, series is called BitRunner and it's about the future, a future world where Bitcoin plays a role. Um, and my main theme is how do people in the future interact with uh, Bitcoin and that philosophy? Um, so I take um, sort of futuristic themes um, of how you know, someone would connect um, with using Bitcoin, whether it's, you know, spending it, buying it. But then I kind of um, extrapolate it to what if the protocol opened up to more things? Um, what would be built on top of um, the Bitcoin protocol? Maybe you can transfer more than just uh, currency. Maybe it's uh, a way to distribute knowledge. So my my themes involve, you know, cybernetic uh, cyborgs, um, people with augmented brains um, that can plug in into the protocol and in turn share whether, you know, knowledge or um, be able to build software on top of it and um, really try and see how far you can take it. So one thing I was exploring recently um, is uh, what if you could transfer emotion uh, over a network um, whilst being in different physical places um, and how would that create a society? So it's really sort of just being a, a futurist trying to create a story within this theme um, and just really see how far you could push it um, and it's also interesting thought experiment to see what else you can utilize such networks for. Um, so yeah, that's the this, this space I'm exploring on a theme level. And aesthetically, I create portraits of, of different types of bit runners. So a lot of them are pe um, cybernetic humans that can transfer data. Um, some are rogues, 
some will get into trouble if they get caught. Um, the world I'm creating has a little bit of dystopian tone to it. Um, there needs to be something bad happening for there to be some interest. So I'm not creating a utopian society with Bitcoin in it. It's very much similar to now, but with um, d different approaches to invading law enforcement or, um, you know, being sort of a, a cyber criminal and all, all these kind of um, themes that you would sort of see in any futuristic film like in the 70s or 80s, like um, Blade Runner, for example, or Judge Dredd. Um, so yeah, the, the overall world isn't utopian because that's just boring anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want some sort of grip, you know, some sort of uh, danger involved. So I love it. I love it. Uh, like I said, I've been I've been following your work. I can tell and and just kind of I can see the power of it. Um, first and foremost, one of the things that I noticed about the Bitrunner series was, like you said, you have a narrative. Um, that's the first that I've seen of its kind. Uh, there's been quite a few series from various artists, but yours uh, with this narrative, it kind of brings uh, up my next question. Do you have um, maybe like a, a path forward? that you can share some of the things that you plan on doing with this series in particular. Um, one thing that I saw, Alex, was that I think it's called a boat card. Uh, you you took yeah. one of the uh, one of the bit runners and you actually have it there as a boat card. Uh, what kind of you know things can we look forward to um, as fans of the series? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I I want to bring the digital art into a physical space. Um, and obviously you can just print things, uh, but I wanted some sort of physical functionality to it as well. So a good step um, is to print these bolt, um, these um, Bitrunner portraits on a cards. Uh, and it would be quite interesting to get people who, who are more interested in physical items to buy one of them. Or if you were to buy the digital version, you'll get the physical version as well. So it brings that art into the, the physical realm. And the, the eyes on these bolt cards uh, light up as well. So that, that's quite an interesting little fun thing. It turns it into like a little toy, but you're, you're using these obviously these bolt cards to pay for things and you'll get to see the artwork at the same time, which I think is quite special. It's really cool because I'm holding it now um, and it's like really, it's just really nice when you have something in your hand that's mm -hmm. that's physical and looks good. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to do is uh, update artwork. So the one thing I think that's not done enough with um, NFTs is that it's a digital medium, but people don't take advantage of it, meaning that they're just still JPEGs for the most part. Um, I have seen other people release um, updates to their digital NFTs. In a, in a sense, they could um, basically um, animate, create a, a, an animated version and um, apply it to the, and tag it to the original NFT. And so when you bring up your, your app, the app or, or a phone, um, and scan your original NFT, it would then animate it, or you know, you'll see something new um, that you hadn't seen previously. 
Um, so that's something I'm I'm looking at. So it would be good to essentially keep the narrative of the Bitrunner story alive and update character portraits. Um, so, for example, if uh, you know if a certain character falls into trouble and they get beat up or um, they look more raggedy and you know they're half dead. Yes. You could then, I could then sort of update it, push an update, and you'll be able to see that transformation and add to that story. So the story is is living. Um, so that's that's why I'm I'm interested and would like to push it further. You know that is so interesting. Um, I'll say in the mainstream, I, we've seen this done before, and I think at least uh, here in the West one of the most notorious artists to do this is Kanye West. He uh, he released an album and then shortly thereafter he would make updates to the album and I think that was the first of its kind at least from a mainstream artist. So I like that even from the beginning uh, as a fan, as a collector, this is kind of the capacity of art at this point, right? It's something that kind of is par for the course and again, I feel like there's so much value as a collector that I get from that. Um, I'm really appreciative of where NFTs are kind of taking um, the way the fan and the artist can now interact. Like you said, you're able to keep the bit runner uh, as a living project, something that is not just stagnant and fixed in time as like a snapshot, but something that is moving forward or at least is growing with the space i i think that that has an unlimited potential yeah totally and it's such a shame because for any artist to, to create one song or one image you've probably created 10 variations before then mm-hmm. and so it would be actually interesting to release a few early works or remixes and you know update it so other yeah. people can see something else some variation of it i think that's really interesting oh yes oh yes and i think the only limit is um kind of how you're doing bitrunner it's it's really only limited by your creativity yeah because there's not yeah there's no one in front of us per se uh in this space that is kind of um i don't know leading or blazing the trail per se i think that we're all kind of on an even footing right it's so early in this aspect of bitcoin that I think that we have yet to even see everything that can be done, right? I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I just think that right now we're all kind of pioneering the space all together. So I'm, I'm really enthusiastic about the whole process. Yeah, it's great fun. It just, um, the only frustration I have is, uh, yeah, like you said, your own creativity and pushing your mind. It's so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I get that. You know, where it's normally a monkey see, monkey do kind of situation where you you find the trendsetter and then we all kind of yeah. copy for a while. But I, I think that there's no one to copy for us right now. I think that we can see what each other are doing. But uh, again, what is right or what is wrong has yet to be determined, right? What is the, the best way to get it done? Uh, and what is the worst way to get it done has yet to reveal itself. But I think in time, especially there on Rare Toshi, I've been watching kind of artists cycle in and cycle out. Um, some of them, I think, are are kind of catch on and uh, and the creativity and what they're bringing to the space. I think it catches on there on Rare Toshi. I think others, 
you know, they just kind of come and test the waters and see what's going on. And uh, this kind of brings me into my next line of questioning for you, Alex. Um, I saw maybe oh, two weeks ago, um, Casey, the, I don't know if we want to call him the inventor of ordinals and, and inscriptions, but I saw that he uh, was on the site and I saw that he had uh, made a purchase of some of the artwork um, and supported one of the artists there. So I wanted to get into that with you, Alex. I wanted to know what are your thoughts, you know, your comments, your questions, concerns, if any, for the whole inscription and ordinal concepts? Yeah, yeah, this is great. Um, so I I like the concepts. Uh, I understand that if, you know, the more data you put in and inscribe onto the Bitcoin chain, it will bloat it out and make it harder, etc. But I like the concept of being able to literally inscribe data, whether it's an image or a little message, and it will be there forever. <laughs> it feels quite special. Um, and it reminds, the reason I think this is because it reminds me of um, the great monuments of the world. So if you take Rome or ancient Egypt and you look at the Colosseum or the pyramids, there's always one or a couple or handful of engineers or stonemasons that would write or carve their own names into these uh, monolithic temples. And, um, you know, it, it's quite fun and cheeky and, and a bit naughty, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite interesting, creative, and it just tells you a little bit of the time period. Uh, so I think, I think people just look back at it and will just view it as a nice little memento. I'm not sure how far it will go, uh, but uh, I've, I've heard others say that um, if if ordinals um, was a, like a big threat to the, the Bitcoin blockchain to make and it would make it unviable for financial transactions. Well, maybe if that happens, that maybe, you know, Bitcoin isn't resilient enough and therefore should not exist anyway. Um, so I'm not too concerned about it bloating out the the blockchain to make it harder. Um, there's always ways around things anyway, if it got to that. Mm-hmm. But um, I do like the idea of sort of ordering Satoshis and making them collectible. Someone made the joke, I think it was Pub Landlord on Twitter. He said it was a meme um, of someone spending one Bitcoin for one rare Satoshi. Mm-hmm. So you, you're basically, you know, spending $20,000 on something that's worth not even a cent, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is, I thought was funny. Um, but people, humans, I think just like to collect um, crazy stuff and, you know, show like to show off as well. So it's all about the human condition, you know. I think Bitcoin is uh, is a mirror to how we think, isn't it? It is. That is um, very interesting that you say it in that way. You know, it's it's it's. It, you said it's a mirror. So I will say when I look into that mirror, because <clears throat> I, I definitely want to add on uh, to what you've had to say and uh, you know, give the listening audience. I, I know that they're dying to kind of get more and more insight as to how I feel. I've been teasing 
uh, this inscription and ordinals um, theme. So for me, when I think of uh, ordering the Satoshis, actually, let me let me kind of back all the way up, Alex. I'm going to say this. I think that, like you just said, it's very it's a stimulating idea. It's it's overall it's mentally stimulating as a Bitcoiner. Um, to kind of reframe Bitcoin in this way, as far as ordinals are concerned, to order the Satoshis and to. He thought of it that way. Um, I was kind of indoctrinated with the idea early on that uh, one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, that also means that one Satoshi equals one Satoshi that speaks to the fungibility of Bitcoin. Um, when you uh, you had made mention, Alex, of uh, when you first kind of, you know, had an interest in Bitcoin around 2017, that sounds like right around the time where there was a, a block size war. Am I right? Was that what yeah. was happening when you first were looking yeah. into Bitcoin? Yeah, that's right. Okay, okay. And I, of course, I noticed that uh, you already kind of you kind of took in the idea of there was this idea of bloating on the blockchain that was definitely a major issue back then i recall and i made mention of this on a previous uh, our previous episode that i recall you know certain bitcoin transactions being costing upwards or having a fee of upwards of 50 dollars for a transaction mm-hmm. and this is before lightning so it was uh, it was a very concerning issue as far as um, not being able to get on chain with your transaction or not being able to do a Bitcoin transaction without footing that fee. So it would it like you just said, it kind of created this dynamic of if Bitcoin is really going to be what many of us think it will be for the planet, it's got to get past that point. So like you said. I'm in total agreement. If if this creates an issue for Bitcoin uh, to the to the point that again it's it's no longer functioning, then maybe it should not exist. So I'm I'm totally in agreement with you on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let me um let me let me actually ask you this as well. So <clears throat> as you as you consider the two right the inscriptions and ordinals have now just kind of appeared and i love that about the bitcoin space these are some of the smartest people i've ever met but uh it moves so fast and there's just so many ideas that are out there and you're really only limited by your creativity um what would you suggest to a new artist coming into the space would you tell them to remain open to the ideas of or, or different ways in which they can express themselves artistically and and just be open to the different platforms or would you immediately recommend that they just get on rare toshi because it's on the liquid side chain and we can kind of bypass the whole idea of the bloat on the blockchain also um alex i, I don't mean to run this on too long but it's just to say are you concerned uh that the art is not we'll say on the bitcoin blockchain when utilizing rare toshi yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. So connecting the artwork to the chain itself, 
um, so there's there's always because because it's on a layer two solu solution Retoshi, you always think where is this image being saved and how it's indexed and what if the blockchain servers go down then do you lose all that information it's not on chain um so i guess those are a little bit you know those are concerns but you know they, they all blockchain have also got satellites in space and like you know they can connect save data that way i guess uh it can be backed up um so i don't think things have to be saved literally on chain um because because with, with the layer two solutions, the, the servers are, you know, there's more, more than one server are distributed. Um, um, and I think the, the records will, will always be preserved. Um, but I think with starting out with art, uh, I, th I think that there's a technical answer and then like a more conceptual answer to this. So technically to inscribe things on ordinals, you need to run your own node. You need to go through all these steps, which is a big barrier, to be honest. It's very difficult. With, Roto with Rotoshi, you can just simply upload your artwork um, really easily. So the user experience is just like any other sort of upload website where you post things, social media. Um, so I think from a technical standpoint, Rotoshi is much better. Um, and then from like a, I don't know whether to say moral or, I don't know what to call it, but ethical, um, yeah, ethical standpoint. Um, if you want to upload your stuff to uh, ordinals, I, I would just say just do it, break it, try and break the, the network if you want to, but I don't think it will. Um, it, I think it's pretty resilient um, and. The more people that do these inscriptions on chain, I think we'll have to pay higher and higher and higher fees as well. So they'll come to a point where it's not like economically viable unless you want to show off. Um, mm -hmm. I, someone on Twitter, oh, what's his name? He's an Italian artist, I think. Um, he um, spent two Bitcoin just uploading lots of artwork <laughs> to Ordinals wow. and describing it. Yeah, yeah. Wow wow yeah. that's <laughs> like you said if you're if you're an og bitcoiner right and you've accumulated you know in 2010 11 12 you know and you've got lo lots of bitcoin it's not that much really if you've got sure but it is a lot you know <laughs> especially on something like it um you know as bitcoiners i think many of us are kind of uh miserly in the sense that we're we're kind of stingy uh with the yeah. bitcoin but it's always interesting when someone that is a bitcoiner comes out and starts to spin bitcoin um we're always very interested i think as plebs you know what what are they spending their bitcoin on because there's nothing more valuable than a bitcoin so why are they spending their bitcoin right what is going on and uh, i think it always is just it has that shock it has that uh that shock factor to it so yeah. i i was not aware of that story you actually just made me aware of that i'm gonna seek that out on twitter and see if i can find some more information and um retweet sure. okay yeah, 
yeah definitely uh share that with me or tag me in that in that post and i i want to be able to share that too uh alex i have some more questions we're coming towards the end um so future projects um as well as just other services that you may offer right now can you share that with my audience as well as some contact information so they can reach out to you yeah sure so i'm my twitter is quite good for contact it's uh, alex underscore creates uh, plural creates with an s at the end so it's alex underscore creates on twitter um and yeah i'm a designer so i do ui design and sort of web design basically and graphic design um and i for fun i i create the artwork so you can find me on twitter if you need any sort of design work or artwork so those are my tools of the trade really um but yeah other than that i don't really have anything other to um to promote it's just a rare toshi um so my rare toshi art profile is uh it's just alex i've got the at alex username so retoshi forward slash alex you should be able to find me there as well perfect perfect okay and now uh i like to do this with all of my interviews uh, i definitely don't want you to feel like i'm interrogating you although alex i i definitely love to you know be able to pick your mind and just kind of see where things are going and 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 what kind of ideas that you have. I think all Bitcoiners like to do this with each other. We like to listen and like to kind of dialogue and ask questions of one another. Um, so right now, I want to give you the opportunity. Do you have any uh, questions that you'd like to ask me? Oh, yeah, sure. So I've been looking at um, uh, what's it called? Nostra, um, yeah. which is uh, a social... Um, a social protocol so meaning it's it's kind of like bitcoin in the sense you've got this protocol which is free uh, i just want to know have you um signed up to nosta as a social platform or protocol and started um playing around with it okay so i did sign up however i had a very quick stop so i and I spoke on this, Alex, uh, on a previous episode. I kind of mentioned it, uh, but I haven't really been able to follow through with everything um, that I have as far as my ideas and what I'd like to see for Norster. But I'll go ahead and give you the rundown. So I initially, you know, having Android devices, found some apps, uh, Amethyst in particular, yeah. and went to download it. It seemed a little bit intuitive. Um, there was, There was, you know... I would say within the first two minutes of being on the app, I kind of couldn't get all the way through. Like I, I kind of just, if, if I felt like there was static, right? There was, um, it, it wasn't as intuitive as I'd like it to be, but that was okay. That wasn't the immediate, that wasn't the, that wasn't the deal breaker. The deal breaker was I started to see information about running a relay. And I'm familiar with that because I've been using Sphinx Chat probably a year and a half or so. Um, I've been using Sphinx Chat and it's similar. It's uh, it's a similar platform to Nordstrom. So when I went into the process of trying to get my relay going because I saw that Umbral 
has some software available. Uh, I found that I was not able to connect. I, I saw that this was actually just basically a place where they are in development. They haven't gotten to that point. They have it together for iOS, but not for Android. Now, okay, I can get on Norster, but without running it as a relay, I know that I have to come back to that part of the process, right? I'm not really a techie by by trade, so I don't I don't want to have to keep you know lifting the hood up, if you will, and finding out what's going on with the vehicle. I, I like to get in the car and drive, right? I, I try to do the the regular maintenance, but I don't want to make that my my deal i want to get on norster and use it as a social media platform i don't want to have to keep digging in the back end to get things going as i'd like it to so that's my initial holdup. the second thing is is that as i stated i was already on sphinx chat and it works i believe similar um i'm sure that there are differences between sphinx chat as well as north uh, to norster uh, but I would say overall, they're they're kind of the same. And I wonder why Sphinx Chat didn't catch on. Uh, I remember maybe some time ago, maybe even when you were mentioning 2017, Mastodon was something that, you know, Bitcoiners are very much so interested in. So I, I and then I'll, I'll finalize it with this. Uh, no, I have not messaged anyone. I have not figured out what my uh, what my key would be or how someone could connect with me on Norster. I really am trying to hold off until I'm able to run it as a relay through my Bitcoin node. Uh, again, that's just become very intricate for me, Alex. As a Bitcoiner, this is just how I interact with Bitcoin. If I can do things independently uh, from my devices, I try to do that as much as possible. So for me, I am watching. I want to see. And what I've seen so far um, is kind of moving. People are very enthusiastic about it. I'll be honest with you. I see a lot of Bitcoiners on Bitcoin Twitter putting out their information to connect. I see a lot of people happy about uh, being able to send each other Satoshi. I think they call it zapping one another. But I've been seeing a lot of enthusiasm about that. Uh, but you know what? I have not used it. So I really I, I already know I have like a kind of a superficial view of it because I have no experience. But if if you wouldn't mind, Alex, I saw that you, you're pretty engaged. Um, you're you're among the people that I've seen on Bitcoin Twitter that are, you know, uh, very enthusiastic about it. I'd like to know uh, what gives. What do you like? Yeah, I think, well, it's a very new uh, system. So, yeah, it is actually janky and, you know, not all the tools are on Android and all this stuff, right? Um, so all that aside, um, I think what's interesting is, yeah, the, the, the ability for you to connect your uh, Lightning wallet to it. And it basically makes... Bitcoin and Lightning, a native way to transact um, money for something that's valuable. And it feels really frictionless and low effort to do so. 
it's, mm -hmm. it's funny because the transactions of zapping people or transferring Bitcoin on Nostra is very fluid, despite all the other technical um, issues of, um, you know, whether you're setting up a relay or whether it's getting the best, the best app on Android. But mm -hmm. there's some magic within transaction, transacting um, um, valid advice for a few Satoshis um, by using this zap functionality, which all it is, is a lightning bolt on each post where you have your like button or retweet button. It's just a mm -hmm. bolt you press and it brings up your wallet on your phone. And you can just send whatever you want in, in, in terms of Satoshis. You could even send someone a whole Bitcoin if you got it on your wallet. Um, but people just um, send uh, Satoshis, whether it's 20 Satoshis or 1,000 Satoshis. And it just mm. keeps it fun. It, 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 it feels like it's 2010 again. <laughs> and you're buying, you know, two pizzas for lots of Bitcoin, you know. Let me ask this, Alex. Let me ask this. So um, I, I, I would tell you um, just again, as a follow up on what we're discussing now, I would tell you the mm -hmm. the attraction that I had to Sphinx chat, uh, something that was very what I felt was unique was that um, I'm a podcaster and I was able to feed my podcast directly in there. So it was something oh. that you could basically access my podcast through that platform uh do you see it because i've seen artists i see even yourself um engaged with nfts on there uh how would someone like myself as a podcaster do you see it as a maybe there's some sort of an advantage for a podcaster to get on to nostra have you seen any podcasters on there so at the moment nostra is very bare bones meaning the user base is very limited so mostly just bitcoiners mm -hmm. uh, and the functionality is uh, very limited as well mm -hmm. uh, but they got a few things right like the zapping but the good thing with nostra is that it's just an open protocol for anyone to build on top of it so at the moment you don't have all this great functionality that you would find on facebook or whatever or instagram but mm -hmm. i can see what would happen because people anyone could set up their own relay and you could create a space on relays to um essentially have uh live chats like um like you do on twitter with twitter spaces so i see that being rolled in uh, okay as well as radio shows or live conversations um and I, I think because it's so open and free, it, it could be just like another internet protocol um, for communication, um, whether it's visual or audio or interactive, playing games with each other. Someone's made, um, I think, a chess board game on Nostra you can play peer-to-peer. Very interesting very interesting so um <clears throat> when they when they bring out these other applications does it also you know complicate like uh the money like with each application do you move your bitcoin over there or do you just initially establish your nostra account you have your bitcoin there and then you're able to kind of use these different functionalities you're, you're talking about 
yeah that's a really good point so you you just have so to create a Nostra account um you generate uh, a key um, a public key and your private key so all you need is a private one private key which is a string of numbers and letters that's all you need to log in to any application or Nostra so I can go between different um, Nostra apps just logging in with that same private key um, and then I can just share um, my my profile with anyone of the public so essentially what that means is it's very easy to sort of log in uh, share information um, with just one uh, account that will span different apps and you don't have any sort of bitcoin on nostra you just link any wallet you want any lightning wallet um, and that would mean that you can easily tip people or subscribe to certain podcasters or certain services you find valuable so i, I think the the, the nostra platform will basically encourage lots of micro transactions um, and basically because of this there wouldn't be a need for commercial advertising and fight for your attention because you'll be given um, currency instead of um, your attention to advertisers which is interesting dynamic it's just quite quite cool I agree. I agree. You know, Alex, I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, maybe you saw it on my Twitter feed, but an idea that I've been kicking around was, of course, I told you all of my my issue with Norster. Um, as an Android user, I don't have, you know, the best app available. Uh, yeah. I hear all of the iOS folks talking about how wonderful the app is and what have you. But like you said, it's a it's a little it's probably extra janky <laughs> on Android. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm on Android as well. Android is not it's not perfect. So with the iOS users, they use Dam Damus, which is a more yes. polished app. Yes, I think that's a, a short for for Nostradamus. So okay, so yes, we have Amethyst, and it it you know it works, but like you said, it could be better. And then of course, there's no relay. So I noticed in the Bitrunner series that you created a Norster uh, themed character, uh, the ostrich there. Yeah. And my initial thought was, was I love the NFTs. I want to bring folks over to Rare Toshi so that they can actually experience uh, what I've been experiencing now for more than a year. Um, I'm definitely one of the Genesis members like you uh, there at Rare Toshi. So we've been there from the beginning. But the idea that I had was was to auction off uh, the Bitrunner and see if we could raise some kind of bounty to have some of these issues addressed. I put a poll out there on Twitter just to see what people thought. Um, there was a mild, right, I'll say a mild amount of interest in this idea. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think about using NFTs as a way to develop bounties uh, to have things fixed or have things updated or to, you know, again, support the engineers that are bringing us the tools to better use Bitcoin? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's a really good idea to to raise money to yeah create a bounty and solve some of these problems. And 
you know some people a lot of people just donate to bounties without anything in return so it's nice to exchange donations for something whatever that is so the, an image a, a piece of artwork is, is great i think a great way to encourage that and you know you could create um other sort of um, auctions where you could you know create custom artwork as well mm-hmm. that's specific to the to the highest bidder so you can add value that way as well um uh-huh. you know like you said that would require a bit more of a collaboration because i feel like i'm collaborating uh with you by doing that yeah i'm also collaborating with the engineer i'm collaborating with whoever is will say the patron right in supporting the art itself supporting the science and the development therein so i i think at least that it's a receipt if if nothing less right yeah. it's not that it's not that the the nft that you're acquiring during the auction represents the thing it it really is the receipt it is proof that you have done the thing Right. If someone asked you in the future, uh, is it you who supported this effort or is it you that was behind this effort and you can show forth a receipt? I think that that has value unto itself. And, I, and, yeah, I, and you know, yeah, go, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, some people just buy prints of a famous piece of artwork and the value is not necessarily the print, but the actual receipt that goes with it with the signature of the artist and you know the number so i i think having more than a receipt is even better isn't it something visual (laughs) other person a reason to smile that's right that's right and i think that's where we're going with this alex um i think that that's what keeps me motivated in the space i i operate probably similar to yourself i'm very independent in the space Um, You know, I don't necessarily have like a Bitcoin job per se, Uh, but I've made this something that I wouldn't mind uh, making my work. I really enjoy what I do in the space. I enjoy being in the space. Uh, So like you said, bringing a smile is what it was all about for the beginning. That's why I'm here. It makes me smile. I love what Bitcoin represents. and it continues to put a smile on my face. I love where the space has kind of evolved into. I know we've had, you know, people trying to write to the Bitcoin blockchain in the past. We've we've had, you know, the the rare Pepe's on Counterparty for some time. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that the space is now evolving uh, at such a rate, and I think that we're at a space and time now where, as Bitcoiners. Uh, I think that it should be okay to engage in NFT talk with new coiners, right? New people coming into the space. Um, I think it should be okay. It should be seen as okay if we're going to talk NFTs with them and not just, you know, Bitcoin, 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 and, you know, stack sats. And then outside of that, everything else is stupid, right? (laughs) I think that, um, I think that, we're starting to evolve now alex into such a place where because i've seen very reputable bitcoiners engaged in the ordinal talk uh engaged in the inscription talk 
uh, although I don't agree with it, like you said, uh, at least when I look in that mirror, I see my past and, and the block size war. I don't want to have this issue of maybe Bitcoin won't work because I'm actually fully invested in Bitcoin. I have no intentions on watching Bitcoin go down. I want Bitcoin to work for my sake and, you know, for the sake of those that come after me. I really think that it resolves a lot of the conflicts that we see in the world today. So I want to see that move forward, but I also want to see us move forward in our conversation. And like you say, uh, these NFTs have that potential to put a smile on your face and we all could smile a, a hell of a lot more. Uh, what are your final comments as we close out, Alex? I'll give you the uh, final word. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, I think um, just to add to that, yeah, there's no point living life if you can't have fun with it. So mm-hmm. I think that applies to Bitcoin. If you can be a bit cheeky or a bit, you know, naughty with it, I think that's quite good. You know, having artwork that represents something you own. It's quite interesting and we're humans at the end of the day not like financial robots that just counts beans um so yeah i don't think i don't think you should be too much of a purist it's not fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah okay alex i i really appreciate you again uh coming on you are welcome at any time if there's uh, maybe a project that you have or something that you'd like to make an announcement about, I'd be happy to bring you on. Um, uh, uh, actually, with the bit runners, how many will you be producing and where are we right now so that everyone is aware and can actually get engaged if they wanted to? It's a really good question. There will be 200, 210, obviously, because there's 21 million Bitcoin. So I just went with the 21 um, and rounded it up to 20, 210. So there's 210 portraits. Um, and we're up to, I think, 86 bit runners at the minute. So not quite halfway, but, you know, we're I'm f- soon approaching halfway. Um, and I also create um, background artwork that goes around the Bitrunner universe. So that means I create, create uh, uh, environmental arts uh, as well that's to flesh out more of the story. But yeah, in short, there's 210 Bitrunners and we're halfway through, almost halfway. Very good. Okay, so folks, uh, you heard it here. Be sure to set up your account there on Rare Toshi. It's a dope platform, in my opinion. Um, I think it's a great introduction to the NFT space in Bitcoin. And like I said, you can actually observe in real time what's going on in the Bitcoin space with regards to NFTs uh, with this BitRunner series. Like I said, I've been completely moved by it. It is really, really awesome in my opinion. And I think that it's something that's worthy of uh, our support as Bitcoiners. So again, once again, get your account there on Toshi. And like I said, just watch the magic. Uh, Alex creates consistently. So you're going to see, and I, I no pun intended, but Alex creates consistently. You're going to see uh, some very interesting things. I normally check in on Rare Toshi daily, guys. So, um, you know, again, we were talking about Noster and, and how 
you know, functional that is. But at least for me, I can say, Alex, Rare Toshi has been one of the ways in which I've been able to engage the Bitcoin space on a consistent basis. And I do get that dopamine hit. You know, I do want to send you a, a boost. I do want to support you. And, and I do want to see you continue to do what it is that you do. And I'd love to see the other Bitcoiners kind of get that bug. Right. And actually, it's a feature. It's, it's not a bug. It's a feature. It's something that happens when you start to, you know, as engage in this little area here. It's been a way for me to express myself as a collector. Um, I'm very appreciative of what it is that you do, Alex. Again, thank you so much for coming on. Great. Thank you. And uh, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and hopefully we can do this again. Maybe uh, I want to give it some time. So maybe after the BitRunner series is complete, uh, we'll have you come back on and maybe we'll rediscuss everything that uh, has transpired up until that point. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a good plan. Okay, Alex. Uh, once again, folks, this has been the MKD Podcast. I'm your host, D. Miller L. I've had Alex with me. Be sure to give him a follow. Reach out to him if you guys are interested uh, for any design work, etc. And again, I want to thank you all for your time and attention. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care.